Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, the third chapter, verses 1 through 6. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Aturia and Trachodius, and Licinius ruler of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the region around Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance, of forgiveness of sins, as is written in the book of words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and every crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth." and all the flesh shall see the the salvation of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious Lord, this morning we gather to hear your word read and proclaimed. We come laying our petitions at your feet offering the gifts from the labor of our hands. And so during this hour, as we sing your praises, may we also hear your words. Hear your instructions to our souls so that when we go out into the world in just a few minutes, we may go armed with your words, but also filled with your spirit in our hearts so that we would be not just hearers of your words but doers of your words. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Back during the heat of the summer, I was taking a walk downtown and just as I was passing through one of the streets, I noticed right in the middle of the sidewalk, there was a crack and right growing in the middle of the crack was the most beautiful impatient I had ever seen. Now, you sort of take a step back from that. There's a middle of a concrete jungle. Here is this flower in full bloom, in its full splendor. Yes, it was a volunteer from a seed that was planted in a window box overlooking the sidewalk some years ago, nurtured by the water of the condensation coming off of the window unit. But nonetheless, this flower in all of its glory So I beg the world to stop and take notice. It was interesting watching people walk around it so as not to stomp it, so as to let its glory shine for all to see. That even in the hard places of the concrete jungle of the city, there was beauty to behold. There was a moment of peace and the hubbub and the uproar that was there. That moment of peace, that sighting of that flower has stuck with me into the fall and now as we approach winter. This idea of peace that is so needed in our world 
that is so busy and so upside down. In the gospel lesson today, Luke is writing to the world and he's sort of talking about John the Baptist. He's sort of announcing John the Baptist's ministry and really declaring to everyone that John the Baptist was the advance team, if you will, the marketing campaign for Jesus's ministry. If we dig into this text and we look at these six verses, there's really a lot going on. There's about four things I want us to take notice of what's happening here. The first, he spends an awful lot of time talking about history. In the days of the rule of Emperor Tiberius, what he's really doing is he's fixing these events in time and space in history so that all the readers know exactly when this happened. In this time, in this place, John began his ministry telling the world of Jesus. But then he goes a little further, talks about how John received the information. These were not John's words. John just didn't decide to say what he was going to say. No, instead, much like the prophets of old, John's words are God's words. He speaks on behalf of another who is much greater than he to tell all the world what is about to happen. But take note of what he does with it. Now, when Mark tells a story in his gospel, Mark tells it where the people come to John the Baptist. But in Luke's gospel, the author, he's writing and he's telling the world that no, John goes out into the world. He goes out into the regions and he tells people to prepare the way. He goes to people in need of this message and lets them know what's coming. And then there's the message itself. He basically takes the prophecies from old, what Isaiah said, and he retells them so that people can hear it in this time and in this place. He said, the one is coming that will fill the valleys of life, that will make the speed bumps, the mountains and the hills, if you will, and he will make them low. He will take the rough roads and make them smooth. And through his flesh, salvation will be given to all. See, it's a message of peace that John is preaching. It's a message of peace that he's giving that what is coming in Jesus is the one that fills in the valleys, the low points in our lives, that takes us speed bumps that tend to hold us up and make us sort of stop and figure out what's happening. He's going to knock those down. The peace that comes with the ministry of Jesus the one who is coming, John says, will bring peace even in the hard places of life where nothing can seem to flourish. He will bring peace and vitality. So this idea of peace is at the very heart of our Advent journey. It's at the very heart of Christmas. I mean, that's what the babe in the manger brings. We hear that in the Christmas carols and the Christmas hymns, Sleep in heavenly peace. We hear this idea of peace over and over again. But within the text today, not only are we talking about John and his ministry to the world, but there's a challenge to you and to me as followers. It's a challenge to us as we turn the pages or we open the little doors or we light the candles on our advent wreaths. 
as our journey in Advent continues, there is a charge to us that we are to recognize that in this time and in this place, we too are being called to prepare the way. In this time, in this place, that we are to speak on God's behalf, that we are to go out into the world, and that we are to fill in the valleys and smooth the rough places and bring peace to all around us. I mean, think about it. In this time, in this place, who else is going to speak on God's behalf but us? I mean, that's evident. If we follow, if we follow the Lord, the risen one who has saved us, should we not also tell that story so that all may hear it? Should we not shout it from the mountainside, what has happened in our lives? So we're to go to the world and bring peace by speaking on God's behalf. I mean, the prophets and the apostles did it, and when they realized that when people were out of line with God's will for the world, what did they do? Challenge the world to be better. Their intent was to heal the pain and the suffering by their words. But we see this even in modern prophets. Take the German Lutheran priest Martin Niemöller. When the Nazis came to power, he spoke out against the regime and against the excesses of the Nazi government. Even as he was spied upon by the secret police in his church as he preached, he was very specific. Obey God, not humankind. Obey God's words. Even when he was tortured and imprisoned, he continued to preach a gospel of love and grace, a gospel that challenged the very essence of the Nazi regime. And following World War II, he miraculously survived that time in prison. He continued to preach for peace. He preached against the Cold War, against nuclear proliferation. He preached for peace in our times. A modern-day prophet one who speaks on behalf of God. But think about Martin Niedermuller, I think about us right here in this place. What is God calling us to do? Where do we need to preach a gospel of peace for this time and this place in the world around us? What is God calling us to speak out against? To give voice to? Who, who must we speak for because their words are not being heard, and yet we know God desperately wants them to be heard. How can our words be ones that bring about peace on behalf of others and on behalf of the world? That's the question we're left with today. How can we speak words of peace on behalf of God for a world that desperately needs to hear them? But when we think about the words that we speak in this time, this place, we also need to think about how we go into the world to bring people into that relationship of peace. I think of Dorothy Day at the turn of the 20th century. She was living in Chicago and she was concerned about the plight of the poor. She saw people streaming into churches and passing poor people on the street and not even acknowledging their existence. So she started a little newsletter, she called it, called The Catholic Worker 
When she first started it right there, printing it and writing it and printing it in her own apartment, it had a few thousand followers, a few thousand subscribers that would pay just mere pennies to receive this newsletter. Within three years, there were 150,000 people subscribing to the Catholic worker. Challenging the world to be involved in caring for the plight of the poor. She was speaking words for those who were being ignored. She was speaking on God's behalf, but that wasn't good enough for her. When she realized that all she was doing was writing the article, she decided, I've got to do something about it. And so prophecy was not enough any longer. She began to take the proceeds from her newspaper. She began to open shelters that would serve coffee and stew to those who were hungry on those cold winters. She said the poor need a good meal. They need a place for fellowship. They need relationships. They need job training. They don't need anyone preaching at them. What they need someone to do is to be in ministry with them to help them see that opportunities abound. Someone to value them and to bring peace to the warring within their souls, within their lives, even the warring of hungry stomachs. She sought people out. As we think about her work, what do they all have to think about this in terms of where do we need to bring peace in the world around us? When you look out on the world, what do we see? What troubles us? What causes an unrest deep within our souls? We need to pay attention to that because if it doesn't sit well with us, that is God calling us to go out and to share the gospel of peace with people. That's where God's calling us to go so that when we leave this place, we know exactly where it is that we are to serve. And that becomes the third part of John's message to us today. John's message in the Gospel of Luke, the third part of that is that we are called in this time, in this place to go out in the world, not just speaking on God's behalf, not just to God's people, but to help make those rough places smooth, to help remove the speed bumps to life, to help fill in the valleys of the human existence. It's really about rolling up our sleeves and getting active in our faith to be peacemakers. Yes, actual peace in the warring and strife within our community, but also the metaphorical, the emotional, the relational peace that exists in society around us. Healing, but really busting through the hardness of the world just like that flower on the sidewalk busting through so that all the world takes notice that it's not a cold and hard place, but that there are people that care. It's about us being the hands of Christ. If you think about Christ's ministry, what did Christ do with his hands? Christ prayed for people. We can do that. There's not a one of us in this room that's incapable of praying for this world. And for what affects it. Christ's hands were healing hands. Yes, healing physical ailments. But most of the time what Christ's healing was doing was really just showing kindness to each other. I mean, what if we really lived kindness every day? 
Christ's hands or feeding hands. I mean, this is self-explanatory, right? This is why our loaves and fishes ministry is so important. Because in this country, there is no excuse for anyone to go hungry. We have the capability to feed the world. Let's do it. Christ's hands were serving hands, valuing everyone that he came in contact with, treating them as if they were the most important person on the planet, because in that moment in time, they were to him. What if we served each other that way? What if we served everyone that we meet on the street as if they were the most important person in our existence because they were simply in our presence? Finally, Christ's hands were joining hands. There were hands that reached out to the world to build relationship and to pull people in to say, look, we're all brothers and sisters. We're all children of God. Let's care for each other as such. See, when we use our hands in these ways to pray, to feed, to heal, to serve, to join, we are making the pathways of life smooth. We're filling in the valleys in each other's lives, those low points. We're knocking down the mountains and the speed bumps that prevent us from being the people that God always intended us to be. And it's in that moment the warring, the battle, the struggle in our lives gives way to a gospel of peace. So the question for us today It's not just where and how can we speak on God's behalf. Not just where do we need to go, but how can we use our very hands to bring peace about in the world. I mean, the reality of the world can be hard at times. It can be a difficult place for us and for each other. But the birth of Christ, that babe in a manger, came to bring about peace. Came to bring about peace so that all the world would notice just as some people noticed that flower that I saw this summer in the sidewalk. Christ comes with a brilliant, glorious sound of peace to bring about the healing of the world. So during this Advent season, as we gaze at the wreath and see that second candle burning so brightly before us, that light of peace, may we recognize that in this time, in this place, we are called to speak a gospel of peace, to go to the world in peace, to bring about peace by our very lives. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.